From Yoga and Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills. This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, curators of happiness, and lovers of healthy living. This podcast is for people interested in tools, remedies, and ancient wisdom coming from Yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. You are on Spiels with Kelly. Hi, everyone. I can't believe we're actually on Spiels with Kelly number three. It just seems a bit nerve-wracking, to be honest. But anyway, we are here. I'm not 100% physically because I have had some sort of tummy bug over the last few days. And so you'll notice that my voice might be a little bit quieter. That's just the pranavayus are a bit depleted. So it's good to notice, it's good that I can relay these sort of things to you, that um, I'm not always 100%. I have a vata vikriti, I have had it for a long, long time. It increases through stress mainly, or when I'm not able to sustain the balance between the stressors and my own practices, and that's what happened recently. But we're here today to talk about a few things. I wanted to remind everyone about skincare because we're going into different changes of climate, hopefully. <laughs> but we're coming from spring towards the summer, and this means that it will get a little bit drier. Yes, it will get, no, this means it will get drier, definitely. That means that we should look at our skincare to support the dryness. What we put on our skin we should be able to eat is an Ayurvedic saying. You'll see it everywhere. And it's not like it should taste like the best vegetarian meal you ever had, but we should be able to digest it through our own digestive system. The idea is that since it's being digested through our skin, we should be able to digest it anyway. If it makes you feel unwell by eating it, it's probably not serving your body any good. Skin care is a form of body nourishment, so that's where it's going. Ayurveda always turns to oils for the first stop of skin care and beauty care. That means also to take oils in on only on a moderate or tiny level, depending on the body type, but also placing it on your skin a few times a week are protocols that help reduce vata. We call it auto abhyanga, or self-oil massage, and it's often the first therapy prescribed for pain, exhaustion, and symptoms associated with stress. So it was one thing I didn't get a chance to do yesterday, but it's the first thing that I did this morning before I came out. Oil on the body and then a shower. And this helps to brighten you, but it also allows any dryness to relax, and then the prana can come in more easily. Ayurveda takes the applications of oils and body creams really seriously. Our skin being the largest organ, it has a huge role to play in our whole health. It gives us the needed information from the sense of touch and protects our internal body from the environment. Ayurveda believes our skin is absolutely critical in our ability to absorb and receive prana. If you're not sure what that is, prana is the life force. That is our inspiration, our vitality, and our immunity. And each of those correlates to one of the doshas. Prana is most readily received through really healthy skin, which is smooth, supple, and moist. And here we find that oil is the most natural moisturizer of all. I know that a lot of people 
say you would put oil on your skin and what about your clothes, but actually when you're putting the oil on before your shower, any excess that the body can't deal with is washed off. I advise everyone to not use soap except for on the necessary bits. Soap is super drying is one of the things, but really oil first would be the remedy to that too. What you find is many people, as I did before I discovered Ayurveda, were putting moisturizer on after the shower. And although that's good, and that can be done with oil too, and I have done it in the middle of winter, especially when it's icy or snowy, I put oil on first and then I put it on afterwards, especially on the drier, the driest bits of my body. And that supports the skin and stops it drying out. But it also, if you have pain in like your lower back area, a little bit of oil after you've had your shower with oil, a little bit of oil on the area that has pain will help to support it more. If our skin is dry and lackluster or rough and dense or congested, prana intake is blocked, or it's definitely reduced anyway. And it's reduced from the dryness, which is vata, or the buildup of excess oil, which is pitta, or the buildup of tissue or phlegm, which is kapha. So as a sort of relation to it, if prana were rain, rain that falls on a long-term drought-ridden mudplain or rain that falls upon oily feathers of a duck's back can't be absorbed due to either its dryness or its oil. And of course, rain that falls on already sodden ground creates flooding. <laughs> Unfortunately, we all know a little bit too much about how that turns out. But Ayurveda says our skin has a direct link to all our organs, most directly with the liver, as many alternative medicines consider, so what we put on our whole body is absorbed through the skin. What we don't put on our body is also absorbed through our skin. So if you're leaving your skin really dry, the dryness is moving in towards the center of your body slowly but surely. Just as oil placed on your skin, and then there's a little bit of heat added to it, it actually sinks down one little drop at a time down into the central organs over a period of months and years. You can take it that our skin is a mirror to our internal organs and vice versa. The condition of our internal organs can be seen by the state of our skin, each being a mirror of our life habits and nourishment or lack of. So take a look at your skin and imagine this could be a small clue to your inner health. When I look at my skin, I know that it's, it's quite dry, but it's still very supple. And I think that that has only happened, first of all, from some sun damage when I was younger. Then when I got older, using oil religiously for many, many years has really helped it return to full health. So that's all about oil. I did want to just go into a little bit of support for this podcast, because I know that there's some concern from some of you about how you can support the podcast right now to help it grow. So from what I've learned about podcasting, the best way for people to find the podcast is for anyone who listens and likes the podcast to download the episodes. And what that does is it instigates a link towards the podcatcher, whoever you're listening through, like Spotify or Google or, you know, and it tells them that this podcast is being listened to a lot because it's being downloaded. That seems to be the queen bee of capturing more numbers to gather towards this podcast or any podcast. This is for Anne-Marie F., 
What a wonderful discovery this podcast is. I encourage everyone to give yourself the gift of time and start listening, adjusting your lifestyle one day at a time to be your best self. <laughs> and she put little hand emojis and handstands, which are kind of things that I always send. Anne-Marie, thank you so much. And thank you for being such a great support. Thank you. If you click subscribe and follow, you can go into your settings and check it so that there's an automatic download. And that's why so many podcasters ask for you to subscribe or follow because you can get the downloads put in to your device, whatever it is, even your computer. It's just they are waiting for you. So that's why those two things are really important for a podcast to grow. And then the other thing to support it is to there's share buttons on most of the podcatchers. And if you share it to one friend or another, this helps them find out. It's amazing how many people don't even know about this podcast. It's not amazing, actually. I mean, I'm sort of a very small person in a big, huge... No, I am a very small person in a very huge broadcasting unit. This is just my voice coming out. So it's no wonder that not many people know about this podcast, except for people that have worked with me. It's through them that I started this podcast. I'm very grateful to them for giving me such a great new lease of life during the pandemic, but also that we have the the downloads, the follows, and, and subscribing. The last one is another option is to review. There's only a few that actually run reviews, and how to find out that is in this episode, in the show notes, which are just underneath, there'll be a link to follow this podcast or love this podcast. And love this podcast is where you can go and rate it and review it. And what will show up are only the podcatchers that you can actually review on for your device. As much as follow this podcast is just letting you follow or subscribe to it. For the ones that I know of that allow ratings and reviews to tally up are Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Podchaser, and CastBox. I think out of all of those, I preferred either Podchaser or CastBox. Just for navigation and being able to find things, some of them are a little bit confusing. Um, but then everyone's mind is different, you know. So, so the next subject, I'm leaving that now because that's enough about that, that stuff. The next subject is going back to skincare and in an effort to support local and Irish for my own skincare and with all the changes in the world, I really wanted to move towards sustainable Irish products. And the same with my massage oils when things open up again. I've been looking into ways to have Ayurvedic oils that I can actually say are made in Ireland. It's just they wouldn't be the traditional oils from India, which I was getting for a long, long time. What I'll do is probably have a blend of a few. So what I had been using when the seasons changed was Dr. Hoshka's products. Well, mainly I used his moisturizing mask as a vata-reducing cream in the really harsh weather. And I kind of flipped and flopped with moisturizers, always tr trying to find one that I really enjoyed. So right now I'm, I'm using a really supportive moisturizer from the Dublin Herbalist, and it's the Regenerating Face Cream with Anti-Aging Hyaluronic Acid Gel. Before I put moisturizer on, I always use a base support of Ayurvedic oils, uh, a vata oil, but you could use any oil. And what you do is you tap it into your fingers and then you rub it on your face really gently, but in circles. Then I leave that oil to soak in. It takes between five 
to 15 minutes for the oil to sink in, especially if you've done a little facial massage with it. It doesn't take too long. The facial massages are actually there to warm the oil and help the skin absorb it better. And then I put on just a little pea size of a moisturizer. So I'm using the Dublin Herbalist stuff. I'm warming that and I put that on the same way as I would the oil. I tap it between my fingers, I warm it up first, and then I put it on my, my skin. From my own Ayurvedic background, I think pittas and vatas would really like this cream because it's really good support. But kaphas might need to try the day cream since their skin is already supported from the earthy, their earthy elements and their earthy nature. But one of the things that drew me to the Dublin Herbalist was that they have a great protective face balm for like the high windy days, the high cold sharp days where, you know, April can be so bouncy yo-yo with the weather. Today it looks like a glorious warm day. And I use this any time that I feel that um, my skin needs more hydration and it, it has replaced that moisturizing mask that I used to do, use from Dr. Hauschka, but it smells so nice and it's actually called sorry i have it here it's with rosemary and oh gosh i can't see it anyway i'll put it in the show notes both of those will be in the show notes so you can find them and it's the protective face balm and it smells so delicious it also has vitamin a and e and i'm just checking is that right yeah a and e and rosemary antioxidants so it's full-on look after your skin that's really going to add to my facial skin care for my sun-damaged skin. So now we move on to the website and the blogging. <laughs> my website needs a lot of help. I haven't been doing a lot of blogging because I've been putting so much into the podcast. I have to find a way of balancing that out, but I know that probably the podcast is enough. I think people are hearing me more than reading me. Even so, my, the, the blog has a lot of lovely things that I've probably already covered in the podcast that if you want it written down, you can use it from there. You just need to use the search engines and put in the main keywords and you'll probably find them. If you can't, let me know. So some of you are asking about my training. So that's, that's a big subject. So back in the day when I needed a herbalist, I wanted to go and see a Chinese herbalist for my own health. And I wasn't long into the yoga training and so, you know, when you start a yoga training, you're starting to really look at your own health and your own lifestyle. And back then, the yoga trainings were two years of kind of enhancing your life and developing your skills. And what I found was it was almost impossible to find someone local. I decided then to research the medicine of yoga, which I was speaking to my teacher about. I discovered Dr. Frawley's course on Ayurveda. And it was actually a, a training course on Ayurveda that you could do at home which I like the sound of because my kids were still kind of young enough. So after a year, I managed to do one chapter <laughs> because it was so intense. I just found that I wasn't managing the words and managing the course and managing to look after the family. So then I started to look for a course on Ayurveda, and that was almost impossible to find until Atreya Smith popped up. And so Atreya Smith began a linked project with Dr. Frawley of this course that I was doing, it was like unbelievable that it, it was just so divine timing that I would have found him. And so I did Atreya's course and the course was first a one-year program and then we had a year's break to do case studies and then we did a second year on specific on nutrition and lifestyle through Atreya's own work. And in the year that we took out, we also did two massage courses. 
so not everyone did, but the, uh, half of the group did go on to do the massage courses. And so they're all about Ayurvedic protocol. And yeah, so in all, then I attended other things in London and Greenwich Village. So I did the training in Bath. I did the Ayurvedic training in Bath um, for the two years. And I'd go over, I think it was five weeks, five weeks, five days at a time. But it was really like almost six days because of the timing of me traveling over and back. And then the the massage trainings then were in the UK as well in Bath. And they were a week at a time. So it was a lot. It was a lot going on, but it was a, an amazing journey. And then I started to go to Deepa Apta and use some of her techniques. So I, I learned about um, Shiradara, which was one of the best things that I, I really enjoyed. And I will be doing that from my center here, hopefully before Christmas. And also I learned more about marmotherapy, which I was really interested in. And so then everything just accumulated Um and now I find that I'm talking about it more than doing it. But I think that has to come too. So I have a reading recommendations because some of you are so interested in this. And uh, Atreya Smith's Practical Ayurveda is wonderful. He is actually called after one of the, the gods in, in Ayurveda, the god of medicine. And then there is Deepak Chopra's Perfect Health. They're both wonderful, amazing teachers. And anything by Dr. Frawley is fascinating. He really supports the pitta mind. And his, like I find that all the books that I have of his, there's so, there's so many highlights, so many tabs, so many dog ears, half-folded pages. <laughs> um, it's just like I can't absorb enough. But we all need time away from work and study and, and deep perspection, perception, <laughs> perception, sorry. So the best thriller I've read in years, and I haven't found one quite like it since, is The Husband's Secret by Leanne Moriarty. And don't skip any pages. That's all I recommend. The best thriller I read as a child was To Kill a Mockingbird, and it's still probably one of my most favorite books. And my favorite writer over many, many years, no matter what he writes, I read um, because I get far too invested in his characters, is Harlan Coben. And I do love his Myron Bolletaire and his sidekick, Wynne. And they're murder mysteries, but it's just there's always a bit of comedy in them, too. That's about it. Um, I suppose a little bit on running this podcast. It's probably given me more chance of finding a way to teach in a less restricted format. It gave me a fantastic practice in my work ethic, diligence, and a whole lot of faith in my dharma and and what I'm moving in towards. It just built up so much more community than I realized. And a few times I did consider stopping, only that I made a, pro a promise to myself to give my voice to Ayurveda and yoga as best I could. But it was when any time I started to doubt that this was helping anyone, someone randomly would contact me and thank me so much for all my effort. A few friends have asked, you know, what's it been like? And I've said, well, it's really been hard work, but, but it's been hard work because I get far too detailed into stuff and I want to learn to relax. So I'm still trying to learn to relax. It's probably why I had had a large dip in my energy recently. And I just want to continue to thank those that who are always turning to me and, and reminding me that 
this is helping them in small ways or big ways. But I feel like when someone sends a thank you to me, it's like they're giving me a big hug. And I think we're all starved of our close friendships, even though we are keeping in touch. But I also felt like I think we all need to remind each other because I get such a boost when someone sends me a text or a voice note, you know, telling me that they they're really enjoying it or that I just hit something for them that was particular, is that since we're not always having this close communication, remember to hug everyone you can if you're lucky enough to be nearby um, and to tell people how wonderful they are, to remind them that they're, they're just so important to you and to know that, you know, there's so many out there that care about us. And I'm always reminded there's so many that have constantly sent me messages of support, just randomly being super kind. One thing I did want to say was that I want to encourage all women out there to try doing a podcast because I did notice there's a thing you fill out when you're doing the podcast and there's like so many men running podcasts, much more than women from what I could see. Now, I didn't look up the stats, so I could be really wrong and that would never be like me to be wrong. But (laughs) so I would like all women to get together and I know I'm going to have more women on this show. I want to thank you so much for spieling with Kelly So just take a big breath in. That was a lot of information and a longer breath out. And I hope you go ahead and try out new skincare. Let me know what you think of skincare that you're using. That would actually help me. So if you have ideas, go ahead and send them to me. I'd love to try them out. I'm really interested in the Burns moisturizers, so I think I might try them next. And thank you so much for being with me today in all my scatteredness. And I look forward to chatting to you again soon. Namaste. Here you will find Monday's meditations, Tuesday's episodic series, Friday's relaxations, interviews with very cool people, spiels from Kelly on bits she forgot or has to say, and Kelly's own are surprise bits of information. I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.